everyone, and welcome to the Tightwad Tech, episode 26, listener spotlight number two, for the week of December 23rd, 2010. Uh, as we did on the uh, Thanksgiving uh, break, where we uh, uh, took a little day off and let somebody else do all our work and, and show notes for us, we're doing it again this time for the Christmas break. And so uh, let's first say Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, those of you who celebrate Christmas uh, are getting ready to uh, track Santa's glow, uh, track around the globe, most likely. Um, those of you who don't, uh, don't care. So there you go. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's funny that it fell that way too. I didn't even think about it till you just said it that uh, uh, we're kind of taking it easy. You know, you know, just it didn't fall that way, Sean. We planned it that way. Don't pretend uh, that we did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was in the schedule. Yeah. It was like add something here that we don't have to work too hard on. And so right, and uh, I guess we'll we'll throw out there. Although we'll do a formal introduction, but uh, Bjorn Barrett is uh, joining us, and uh, uh, Bjorn, that's that's just it. That's your role this week. Is you're our scapegoat. So you're gonna put all that content out there, and we're just gonna kind of lead you along. Well, well, I, I gotta say, you know, the show notes aren't. Uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry for running over you, but get used to it. That's what I do. Um, <laughs> Uh, our show notes aren't visible to the public, so I, I, I have to say this. Typically, it's, it's a list of questions that Sean and I have come up with or whatever. Um, but, uh, Bjorn is, like, wrote a book here. And so, uh, it, it really is going to be the Bjorn show. Um, the Barrent Hour, um, however you want to do that. All and Bjorn, so, all the time. There we go. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty much the tightwad for Vermont. So most, uh, Vermont educators seem to know I tend to write a lot. Um, interesting uh, little side note doesn't have anything to do with anything but it just uh, occurred to me Um, you you said you're known in Vermont Uh, uh, I was logged into our chat room and and went over to another uh, chat room on the same server and I log in there with my first and last name and somebody in that other chat room said you know it's probably not a good idea to use your full name here and I thought Everybody knows my name. I, I'm a I'm a very public person. I put it out there. They know my kids' names if they're paying any attention. Right. And they know where I live. They you know it, a quick Google search could show you a picture of the front of my house. So uh, I think those days of stranger danger on the internet uh, maybe maybe are just no more. I mean, it it just uh, we are who we are, whether we're online or offline. Maybe. Yeah, I, sure. I agree. Yeah, that's that's uh, kind of overdoing it, especially for an adult, right? I mean, what? Who, who cares? You know. Uh, isn't that what we all aspire for when we were teenagers in high school anyways right like we want to be every we want everybody to know us right so uh yeah no big deal so yeah, if uh, i were better looking i might worry about stalkers but at this point i got nothing to worry about yeah <laughs> all right well with that said let's <laughs> let's uh let's move on mark you uh you had something kind of interesting happen this week that uh i, th- I think you wanted to talk well, about I, right? I did have a just something i wanted to to mention um because I think it's interesting. We often in this show, you know, talk uh, about the Mac versus PC debate and, and, uh, you know, Sean being our resident Mac hater, um, is, is the guy who, uh, who, uh, you know, vomits a little bit every time Steve Jobs makes a sale. Ugh. Um, see, I just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I invoked the name yeah. of the jobs and that's, <laughs> that's all it took. Uh, but it occurred to me that part of my job, as the you know the network director technology coordinator whatever you want to call me of my school is to to evaluate the best tools available and and i have 
often, you know, I mean, we're a Windows shop almost exclusively. We run a lot of Linux in the back, uh, back room, server rooms, and a little bit on the desktops. Uh, but we don't have any Macs here at all. And I've experimented with them and I've, I have had some trial units for a little while, but it occurred to me that I've really never given, um, a full shake, a full fair shake to the Mac. So I thought, I'm going to buy a Mac. Um, you know, to have here at the office with, with school money. It's not going to be my personal machine. I'm not going to take it home and, and do it, but it'll be here. Um, and, and so I went looking for, uh, a Mac that, that we could buy here in the, uh, have in the office and, and test drive. It occurs to me, I can't buy a Mac. And here's why. There are really only two types of Mac. Uh, well, I'm going to restrain my comments to laptops because I didn't look right. at their their desktop uh, or servers mm-hmm. at all. Um, but that's usually what you're hearing about right. in an educational envir- environment. There are only two lines. There's the MacBook Pro and there's the MacBook, uh, or the, and the MacBook Air. Uh, and the Air is essentially a netbook. So, um, so I'm looking at these different lines, and the low-end line, the MacBook, is only available in a 13-inch screen. Um, with relatively meager specifications and, uh, you know, cost $1,300 or something like that. This is not a machine that I can work on, uh, that I can put through the paces, right? The idea is to evaluate the Mac OS, not, not, not so much the hardware. We all know it's Intel hardware. Um, so I want to evaluate the Mac OS. I can't evaluate the Mac OS on a two gigahertz processor with a gig of RAM. It's just, it's too weak a machine for me to actually use. So I jump up into the MacBook Pros and then you can get some really great stuff there. The, you know, the core i7 processor with, with eight gigs of RAM. And so I configure a machine, um, that is, you know, something comparable to the, to the HP laptop that I have now and that I use, uh, on a regular basis. So, uh, like for example, one of the things that people are always touting about Macs is their multimedia, right? The, the ability to, to edit audio and video and produce podcasts and things like that. I know a little something about producing podcasts, I hope. Um, yeah, so I, I just, little. you know, let's see, <laughs> a, a little. So I had to slip that in there. So I'm looking at this machine that, all right, this is a machine I can work with. This is a machine I can edit video on. This is a machine I can uh, edit audio on. It's freaking $3,000. Yeah. So, you know, I either pay for a $3,000 machine I can use <clears throat> or pay a reasonable thousand thirteen hundred dollar uh, price for a machine that I really can't use. Right. <clears throat> I'm not paying three thousand dollars for a, la- a laptop. I don't care if it's plated in gold. Um, well, and then you, you and we we struggled with this, right? We had to try and figure out. Well, okay, how can we really use this and get the value out of it? And uh, I mean, obviously for something like this, but this isn't really, this isn't work for us. Right. So, uh, when it comes to just, uh, working in education, uh, we can't really test it out effectively. I mean, you know, we know how to put it through its paces, but, uh, to spend $3,000 of taxpayer money is, is a stretch. Now, Sean, talk about the laptop that you recently bought. And, and because it's of similar specs to the one I was looking at. Right. Uh, well, I got an Asus, uh, N73J, uh, series laptop. It's got the Core i7, uh, six gigs of RAM, uh, Blu-ray, uh, drive. I mean, it's pretty well loaded as far as laptops go. Um, I mean, you can go higher end, but as far as what you were talking about, I think the specs were comparable to, to the, uh, to that MacBook Pro. And, uh, I paid 13 for this. Well, I say I. 
I, well, we paid 13 for this laptop. <laughs> it is my work laptop. But, um, and, and you know, it was interesting. We had a, a thread, an email thread going, uh, amongst, uh, tech coordinators in the state of Texas. And I didn't know this and it came out. It made me feel really good about, uh, cause I shopped it around quite a bit before I got this laptop is that Asus, uh, as far as uh, quality, customer quality care, whatever, uh, rates right up there with the max. So as far as the, so I've got a good quality machine here that, uh, is easily half of what the Mac would cost. So, uh, again, and it, it falls right in line with who we are, but as a tightwad, how can you really justify yeah. going with the, with the extra price tag? So putting that aside, let's say I just wanted to look at the Mac OS, right? And I want to, let's build a Hackintosh, right. uh, you know, take your machine, <laughs> put the Mac OS on it. Well, I can't do that. That's not legal. That's outside of, of Apple's uh, acceptable use, terms of use, whatever you want to call it, end user license agreement. There it is. Yeah. Um, and so as, as a, an official representative of my school district, I can't do that. I can't do something that's illegal in the name of testing something out. Uh, so if I want to, if I want to, to look <laughs> at a Mac, I'm going to have to buy one, but there's not one that I can afford that I can use and that I can use that I can afford. Um, and so then it occurred to me, all right, so let's, let's say I do shuck out three grand for the MacBook Pro and fall in love with it. So what? I can't put these in the hands of my students. I can't right. afford it. Uh, <laughs> there's no amount of, of, I mean, that's all the money that we would have spent on three or four times as many computers to buy them a decent machine, or I could buy them essentially an, uh, a netbook, an underpowered machine. For only twice as much money instead of three times as much money. Right. Um, so that, that's, that's just thought this is not just, um, empty Mac bashing and I, I'm going to hear from you and that's okay. Monkey Mike, bring it on. Um, <laughs> you're, you're our resident Mac fanboy and I love you and, and I'm happy to hear what you have to say. But I, I would, I, honestly, I, 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 if there's any, Apple representatives out there who want to give me the company line. I want to hear it. I, I really want to seriously look at this product, but the, you don't have an offering that I can even consider at this point. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, I, I think it, even to try and do that, I mean, the best you can do is get the, you know, the $1,000 Mac and uh, – and then test the the software, which really that's that's what they're always going to sell, right? The software. The software is great. It's so easy, uh, and it, it all boils back down to the software. Uh, but then uh, you still can't feel real good about it because you're not really getting high powered uh, hardware at that point. So uh, I understand. I understand where you're coming from. You're you're kind of stuck there. It's a tough situation. What do you think, so. Bjorn? Any comment on that? Um, the one comment I have is, did you know the state of Maine has a contract with Apple for one-to-one program in every single one of their schools? Wow. And, and <laughs> you know anything else about that? I mean, are, are they getting um, a, a great deal? They get uh, it for like instead of nine ninety nine, they're getting it for like nine ninety seven fifty. What I think it is is they pay nine hundred dollars per laptop over the course of a four year lease. Okay. And then they give the machine. So you buy the machine and then you give it back? Uh, I think they may have an option to buy it out after that. But yeah, it's a four year lease. I don't, I'm not, I just don't get it. One of, uh, one of, a person I respect replied back to uh, an email I had sent out about this and said, buy the MacBook Pro and chalk it up as a training experience. You're, you're learning about a new tool. And 
you know, I could almost see that as a reasonable argument. And, and they went on to say that this machine is going to last five or six years and, and you can hand it down later to a teacher or a principal. Uh, I couldn't see that conversation. Hey, um, here's this two year old MacBook that I don't want anymore. You want it? Uh, you know, I just didn't see that as a, a conversation I would be willing to have with, uh, with a principal or a teacher, but, you know, it's just a, it's an interesting thing that the mental gyrations that people will go through, uh, in order to, uh, justify, uh, the, the expenditure on a Mac. And, and I'm, I'm not there. Somebody's going to have to, to give me some Kool-Aid to sip because I'm not, I'm not getting it. I've used actually all three. I use Windows at work. Um, I have a Linux box at home and I actually teach on Apple's at uh, the college here. And frankly, the Apple OS is really cumbersome to use. I can never find my programs or what's open. <laughs> well, that may be just an issue of, of what you're comfortable with. But I, I agree. When, when I have used a Mac, I've had the same experience. It's, it's, it's a real fish out of water, water sort of thing. And when I moved from into the world of Linux the first time, I didn't experience that. The GNOME desktop and the KDE desktops um, are more intuitive to a Windows user. Right. Mm. Okay, enough of that. Let's move on and talk about you, Bjorn, because that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah, because so, we've already uh, okay. we've already way outlasted our stay here. We, we're not supposed <laughs> to be talking this much this episode. <laughs> this is listener spotlight number two. Uh, I'll throw out out there that we do not at this point have a listener spotlight number three lined up. If you are a listener and wish to be spotlighted, uh, send us an email at uh, podcast at thetightwadtech dot com and and we'll get you on here. And Bjorn, it's a relatively mm-hmm. painful process isn't it painless painless it was really uh, bad the dna sample wasn't didn't hurt too much um tons of emails i mean (laughs) you filled up my box (laughs) and so uh bjorn barrett is uh an it coordinator for the mount saint joseph private catholic school in uh vermont uh and so uh this will be our first uh, foray into the private school arena. I know we have uh, a guest coming up later who's also uh, works in a private school. So uh, uh, I'm going to guess things are a little different, uh, probably um, less paperwork maybe. I don't know. And uh, uh, I'm going to guess maybe a, a bigger budget uh, in a private school. But you can you can fill us in on that. Tell us a little bit about uh, your educational career. Introduce Bjorn Barrett to the world. Okay. Well, um, I started in IT. I was actually got, went to Castle State College. In my freshman year, um, someone got me a job at their IT department. Uh, just kind of, you know, running the computers around, formatting, and just kind of fixing them up. I don't know what classes I actually took in those four years, but working in that office every single day is where it got me here. Um, and I actually then got a a job working at a school, uh, they're paying me really good money, and it started paying the bills, and I started having a lot of fun with it. So I just kind of stuck with it and said, okay, educational technology, <laughs> this is where I'm going to be. Um, okay, then, so so you uh, you chose that career. What? Just out of curiosity, what what's your degree? Uh, computer information systems. Okay, so you actually did get your degree in your chosen field of work. Uh, yeah, my the degree's top in psychology. Computer writing cobalt. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there you go. So, um, 
Yeah, say say that again, Mark. What what is yours? My degree is in psychology. That's that's what I yes, which uh, I think is you know pretty valuable to have when you're when you're dealing with teachers all day long. Well, right? certainly in the customer service side, <laughs> right. of it, it comes in handy. Uh, so, uh, how long have you been at this school uh, or in schools? You you said that that school work was for you. Uh, out of college, what happened then? Um, I've basically been in the industry for about ten years, uh, bouncing between different schools in Vermont. You know, as Straight out of college, you don't always stay at the first job you get. Um, finally, I'm sitting here at Mount St. Joseph. Uh, this is my second year here. Uh, and they've been great. It's been a great, great school to work for. We They raised a ton of money for technology last year. Uh, my year-to-year budget, uh, we're tight just like any other school. But uh, the community has just came together to really boost the technology here. So being a private school, 100% of your funding comes from your students and their parents, right? That how that works? Um, some. I mean, we get some from the diocese. Uh, okay. I have to check, but we may get some state funding. Uh, most of it is alumni and a lot of donations, especially when you start a new programs like we wanted to do a one-to-one Um and all that came from fundraising. Uh, my wife was stuff, stuffing envelopes this morning for another fundraiser. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, and what do you do there? You're the IT coordinator. Tell me, uh, what does that mean? And what in your daily life, what, what does the IT coordinator at your school do? Uh, basically, if it has a computer, I deal with it. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I like, like we like to say, if if you plug it in, if electrons run through it, it's our responsibility. Yeah, I mean, I do everything from the technical end, networking, um, inventorying, using fog, and I'm been recently, (laughs) and I've been recently doing a lot with uh, professional development and really trying. I'm back at school for my master's in education um, in curriculum instruction. Uh, These classes I'm actually paying attention to instead of the cobalt, (laughs) (laughs) and so I'm. Doing everything from the tech. I'm the technical guy that's getting into the integration. How uh, how large is your tech staff there? Um, including me. Yes, me. Okay. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, and and how many? Uh, let's see. You have in the notes here about a hundred students and uh, a handful of staff, fifteen or so. Yeah, and about a hundred students, handful of staff. Um, I can't say it's just me. Uh, there is another part time tech at the elementary school um, okay. who we do try and work together. Uh, but yeah, so you, you're covering just grades 9 through 12, is that right? That's right. Just okay. 9 through 12, 100 students. The difference is big school or small school, you still have to have the same setup. Active Directory, That's Google true. Apps. You have to set everything up, whether it's 100 students or 1,000. So Right. <laughs> Yeah, I would think actually, I mean, that sounds very appealing. Of course, we're, we're relatively small as well. Uh, but, uh, it seems real appealing in that, you know, you get to, I would think, get to know your users a little bit more and, uh, you know, get really down in the trenches with them, so to speak. Well, that helps a lot out with them when it comes down to integration. Um, cause I'll bounce around different classrooms. Um, if I can see an assignment, I get to know the teachers and what their assignments are. So, um, maybe I'll, suggest those piece of software for them to use or go in their classroom, help them out getting started with something. So it does make things easier. 
and describe your technology setup there. What is it? Uh, let's go uh, with a, a district overview, or uh, I don't know if you call it a district, uh, but the, your whole system, and then w- just what you're responsible for. What is it? What does that look like? Um, mainly, it's our network. Uh, we have a cable coming in, uh, twelve down, two up, which is really, which is decent. Uh, we have Active Directory. Uh, which wasn't in place when I came here a year ago. Uh, we just kind of had computers all over the place, not really logging in. Uh, when I first started, they also didn't really have any email system. Uh, I think every, I think the principal just basically had an at Gmail account that, that everybody was using. Uh, so I came in and uh, the first day, actually right off the bat, we set up Google Apps um, for all the students, all the staff. Uh, we have, and not, and I've been trying to weasel Microsoft Office out of, of the student use. So I've been pushing Google Apps as the primary Office suite for two years now, and it's been well taken. Talk uh, about that a little bit. We're we're in love with the Googles. Uh, <laughs> what, what has your experience been with it? Um, I don't think I've written a document outside of Google in at least three years, personally. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I just I just had to oh, what did I open? I had to w- open a Word document. I think it was for somebody else, but still just having to go through and do that and I thought, gosh, I don't remember the last time I had to do that. It's it's crazy. Uh really great stuff though. Uh and you sounds like you've got great bandwidth for it. Uh, how are you uh it's funny you've got oh roughly a third of the bandwidth we've got. Right now, and somewhere. a sixth of the students, and a sixth of the students. Yeah, so I'm wondering. Uh, we've always uh, Mark has this theory that uh, it's kind of like a gas. That their use is going to expand to uh, fill the uh, fill the void there. Uh, are, how are you guys doing on that? Um, general use okay, but once all the students log on to Google Apps, and mostly with the presentation, do I see a a slowdown? Um, That's been so our experience it, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but for general, the Word documents, that's pretty good. Uh, that's been pretty regular and working out well. Great. Okay. Uh, now, you, uh, you're you at the high school. There's an elementary and a middle school as well. Well, are you all in the same land, or do you have your individual? Is your uh, I- Internet connection just for your high school? Uh, it's just for the high school. Okay. Um, the elementary school, which... The elementary school, junior high, is about a mile down the road. Um, we've never paid anybody to connect the two schools. So, so is there uh, just you know other than email and telephone calls back and forth? There's not uh, any sort of interconnection there. Uh, no, I did help them get up on um, Google Apps, um, so they're running Google Apps there, and we're trying to connect a little bit more. Okay, and um, mostly Windows. Some Macs, Linux. What's your setup there? No Macs. No Macs. All <laughs> um, right. Mostly <laughs> fight the power. <laughs> well, I am willing for our music department to get Macs. Um, we're just looking for the funding to be able to do that because no makes a, makes sense. I, I love to I love to rib the Macs, but uh, in, in that type of thing, uh, we uh, when Mark was talking about looking at the Macs, it was uh, with our uh, teacher that does like video production and stuff like that, and uh, we certainly see the value there in in that software and the ease of use and the power of the machine. So uh, yeah, yeah, great way to but, look at it. 
on the flip side, um, the whole school's um, pretty much Windows, with a few Linux exceptions. Um, and our music department right now is running Ubuntu Studio. So they are Linux. I'm not familiar with that. Talk about that a little bit. Uh, Ubuntu Studio is a version of Ubuntu that's built specifically for audio and video production. So, Mark, you may want to look at it to see how all the uh, see how they take up some of the audio podcasting. Okay. Tools. Uh, are you aware of what uh, what tools it uses? What uh, what uh, for the video and the audio? Uh, I mean, we have. I know it does a lot with um, Rose Garden. Is what he's been using it for production, um, which is kind of like a Sibelius alternative, um, plus a few other. It has Audacity. I haven't really used it for um, video editing. It probably has, I think it's Joshica okay. for video editing. Um, but the you look video editing it, on the Linux side is spotty at best. There's just not a lot of great tools out there. There's, uh, what is it, Cinelera, if you want to dedicate an entire machine to doing it. And if you really know the nuts and bolts of video editing, uh, what I've used is, is called PTV, I guess, P-I-T-I-V-I, right. PTV, um, and it's sort of Windows Movie Maker-ish, um, and uh, it's it's the only tool I'm really familiar with at all in Linux. So, yeah, I am interested to see uh, how they would do uh, audio editing. So, uh, so it's Ubuntu Studio. I'll yeah, Ubuntu Studio. And I actually just had a friend of mine, I asked the question what he was using for, he's using OpenShot Video. On the Linux side. Okay. I'm only familiar with that in name. I've heard the name. Yeah. And he says he's used it with the flip video cameras and stuff. So, and I haven't used it personally, but. Okay. Uh, so you wanted to talk about uh, your uh, uh, recent um, initiative for one-to-one for extending access to your computers. Uh, talk a little bit about that and, and, uh, and how your community has been involved with that. Okay, well, um, I, this is my second year here. Within the first year, uh, we were looking uh, to do a larger initiative, and I gave the proposal of going one-to-one and putting interactive boards in all the, uh, in all the classrooms. And they took the idea and um, raised, I think, almost $80,000 to do this. Uh, what came of that is we went with... Um, we got 10 interactive boards for both the elementary school and the high school. We're hoping to get more next year. And we even did um, a one-to-one. And one of the cool things that we did for, with one-to-one is I did some research into uh, what type of netbooks we'd want to use. Uh, and what I came up with was the Intel Classmate. Uh, when you think of the iPad, it's like, it's cool. The technology is really cool. But you still need the laptop to create, um, which I think was something you guys actually said. Right. Um, yeah, yeah you're, you're you're hitting all the high points there, everyone. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so what I came up with is Intel actually makes this rubberized, durized um, netbook that is built specifically for schools, but it flips around and becomes a tablet PC that you can 
tie up in right on. Yeah, I saw that uh, when you put that in the show notes, it kind of got me uh, thinking about it and I checked it out and there's a great video review of that device. Uh, I believe it's on CNET, but uh, if you just Google it, it's great. So what, what was the name of that again? Uh, it's the Intel Classmate 2Go. Um, it's basically a netbook uh, with a touchscreen. And if you are a smart board school, it even comes with the smart student edition. Um, so the software pack that comes with this is amazing and well worth its value. I saw the Intel classmates, their, their Rev 1, when they first came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of years ago, and they had uh, a uh, vinyl carry handle. I see that one sort of has the the legacy uh, of that lives on. I'm sure these are uh, a more <laughs> beefy specs. What what uh, what's the the power of that device that you have there? Is it is it one of the new dual core atoms or uh, just a typical one gig processor or what's it got in it? Um, one point six atom. Uh, if you hit control, delete, it looks like it's two cores, but it doesn't officially say two cores in the specs. Uh, one gig of RAM. I actually have XP Home on them, so they don't log into uh, the network. Uh, they're all individual standalone machines. Uh, essentially, the same thing you'd get from the $300 Acer's. Um, but and you get the tablet functionality as well. Is that a that's a resistive touchscreen that you need the the tablet to, the the stylus to work on? Uh, you can use the back of your finger fingertail, so it's pressure. Okay. okay. Uh, but it, uh, I think the it hasn't the touchscreen and the tablet hasn't really taken off as much. I was hoping I've been doing a lot with um, Evernote, which is a note taking software, which you can handwrite the notes. Uh, so I've been encouraging that to teachers, but um, you only can push so much to them in so little time. I love Evernote. That's a great tool. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So uh, what are your students doing with it? Uh, how many? How, let's, let's talk a little numbers. How many did you buy? Um, our freshman class is 30. Okay. So we only have 30, uh, but we also have two wired labs that the other classes use. Uh, is, the, they, is the plan to give every freshman class that comes in a set of these? Yeah, when I put it in place, I uh, emphasize that it needs to be on a replacement schedule and not just a one-time buy. Uh, so the plan is to put it in the budget that we every year the um, freshman class will get netbooks. And then after four years, um, well... You can start recycling netbook, them, right? Yeah, a netbook lasting four years is pretty much the end of its life anyways. Well, that was my next question. Do you actually expect them to live past four years or two four years even? Um, this is an extra ruggedized case. Uh, we had one instance of a cracked screen, and we actually went with a company that does insurance for one-to-one. So they're all insured. <laughs> The theory is they'll last four years. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so what are your students doing with them? Um, mostly right now it's taking notes, uh, using Google apps. Um, in the, if the student wants them to, the teacher wants them to use it, they ask them to take out the netbooks and take down the notes, write their documents, uh, saves them from having to go to the lab and they know that it's always there. Um, so it takes out that whole scheduling piece, uh, which gives the teachers freedom to, you know, know that they're always going to have access to the computers. Are you uh, are you running like a open Wi-Fi there for them to connect to while they're there on campus? 
Uh, yeah, we have um, wireless in the school. I actually am beta testing um, for a company called OpenMesh, which is low-cost Wi-Fi, uh, and it meshes together. So we have, I mean, I, they sent me, I think, 12 different access points, one for every classroom. And oh, by I the just, way, Bjorn, it, you yeah. con- you mentioned them as a as a tip of the week or something in an email yeah. a while back. I contacted them, asked them to be on the show. They're ignoring me. So uh, <laughs> since you're since you're in tight with them, think you can make something happen there? I probably could. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the technology, excuse me, the technology looked interesting, and I wanted to have somebody contact me and maybe come on the show and and talk about it, but. Um, uh, nothing. I, I guess they, they don't understand the juggernaut that is the Taiwan tech just yet. Yeah, yeah. They will rue the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're currently working on their 802.11n router, um, and that's what I'm beta testing in the school. Um, and I'm one of their first schools that I know of. Um, so it's really – and it's easy to easy to manage. Um, there's a few hiccups. I mean, I am in – it's in its first beta, so I can't expect them to be perfect right now. Uh, but it's running strong. They're easy, easy to manage. That, that's why I wanted to go with them because I have one management point, And if I need more, and it's like if I need more, like you, right now you have uh, the standard model, you have all the channels. And if you need more in one section, you kind of have to choose what channel it's going to be. This, I can just attach one of these to the, uh, mobile lab and just have extra bandwidth, uh, Wi-Fi bandwidth, wherever the lab is. So it's the technology is great. Awesome. Uh, I wanted to touch on uh, one thing that you do that uh, we're firm believers in here is the twenty percent rule. So uh, talk a little bit about that and what do you uh, what do you do? How do you structure that there? Well, I have always been someone that's kind of valued research <laughs> I think is the best way to explain it and so I will spend a, I'm always having like the short-term project and the long-term project and everybody always thinks I'm busy in the school because I'm always working and it's mostly because I'm sitting there I'm playing with different things um, and learning how to do um, different parts of the job and it's one of the reasons why I've been able to probably be in a tightwad in my own tech is I'm finding all these different softwares and finding ways to integrate them. And um, so instead of my downtime playing games or something or waiting for the next tech call, I'm usually just researching. So that's kind of my 20% rule is um, looking into that. That reminds me of a a story Sean tells about a guy on a Navy ship who just picks up a wrench and carries it from one place to another. You know, just look busy, right? So I picture you there at your desk with like spreadsheets open all over the place. Somebody well, comes in, they're like, wow, that Bjorn guy is busy. Look at that. Well, and that's like when I, when I first started here, right? Uh, I, I was just running around the district. I was constantly <laughs> running around trying to take care of trouble tickets and everything. And, uh, 
and the the teachers just like marveled at me, right? Oh, this new guy, Sean, he is awesome. He's so amazing. He's just on top of everything. He's always doing something. And uh, they just thought I was the greatest tech ever. They had no idea that I was the least experienced tech that this district has ever had. <laughs> and the only reason I was running around so much is because I didn't know any better. <laughs> I do a lot more through remote uh, now than I, than I ever did before. So I'm sure that, you know. Uh, they think I've been a corrupting influence. <laughs> Yeah, my stock is. is dropping in the teacher's eyes, but I'm much more effective than I was back then. So, yeah, uh, if you're ever worried about that and you, you, you get to the point where you think uh, the teachers and other staff don't think you do anything, just grab a wrench and go run around the district for a little so while. Just walk around right. with a screwdriver and your laptop. <laughs> right. And you're and look, you got to look like you're in a hurry. And you're busy, and you got to really you don't know don't have time to talk, and uh, yeah, you'll be the greatest greatest tech ever. So well, they all walk into my office, um, and I have a dual monitor set up with my laptop, so it really looks cool. So they walk in, I'm switching between monitors, and they're like, "You can do that?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then behind behind me, I have like a KVM switch with all the computers that I'm working on. So it's it, it looks impressive when you walk in. <laughs> Now, uh, Bjorn, I wanted to, uh, hit you up on, uh, and I don't remember exactly where I came across it, uh, but, uh, you had a link to a, your tech webpage. And I noticed that that was a Google site. And, uh, now it looked like your regular school, uh, website was, uh, I don't know if it's, if you guys host that yourself or through, through a third party or something, but your tech site was a Google site. Uh, and I was kind of curious, are you rolling that out to the teachers? It seems like our teachers here really jumped onto the Google sites. And, uh, uh so how's that working for you? Um, it works out well. Uh, we basically, we came in, our main website's a WordPress site. Uh, and everybody had usernames, but nobody used it. And so with Google Apps, I one of the in-services, I showed them how to create web pages using it, um, using Google Sites. And the other thing I did was I helped our English teacher. She was doing something on Shakespeare, and it was a group project. And uh, it was one of those times where I made a suggestion, hey, why don't we try this in Google Sites? And I went to her class for... Uh, actually, just one day to show the students Google Sites. And she came back to me and she's like, I've never seen them more focused. And the quality of the product was great. So Google Sites has taken off. Um, for the teachers who, you know, who actually went off and did it, it really worked out well for them. Uh, and for me, I create a Google Site anytime I need a website. Um, and even at the college, I teach. Uh, graphic web design, and I had a whole unit on uh, Google Sites, and I even focused it on how to create templates. So you create the really nice school template rather than just the canned ones that come with Dreamweaver, uh, come with um, Google. All right. Uh, well, I now uh, in the spirit of jumping around from one thing to another, <laughs> uh, and, and we were talking about uh, you know grabbing that wrench and running around or that screwdriver and running around the district. Uh, but seriously, uh, as far as trouble ticket systems go, and that's one that's always asked of us. So we want to make sure we always ask our our uh, our guests is uh, what kind of trouble ticket system are you running and uh, how's it working? Um, at this school, it's mostly I'm using. Um, I tell people to send me an email, and I actually use the tasks on uh, right in Google Gmail. 
Uh, so they send me an email. If it's something I need to fix, I add it to tasks, and I check it off that way. Uh, in a previous school that I worked at, I was actually using something called H2Desk. Um, and when I first started using that program, it was free. Then it went, then I bought the paid ver, then somebody bought them out and I bought the paid version. Um, and now it looks like it's their in-house hosted version for solo tech is still free. Um, and the other ones are paid. And that gave me a really nice, um, method for, uh, uh, creating a knowledge base and, um, tracking tickets. My principal was happy because I was able to give her a report when things got busy saying, Hey, I'm really busy here. Here's my to-do list. And she helped be the person in between the staff and me at those times. Bjorn, you, uh, in your show, in the show notes, you indicated that you've, uh, you have a little bit of a history with Spiceworks. I'm curious if you've, you've tried that, uh, either on the inventory or the uh, help desk side. Uh, Spiceworks. I've actually known about Spiceworks, uh, for quite a while. And I, I keep installing it and saying, this is really cool because I like the features. Uh, and then start using it and get very frustrated with the performance of it um, and stop using it. Uh, so for inventory right now, I'm actually using uh, Open Audit. Uh, talk about uh, Open Audit. I'm, I've heard a couple of people recommend that, um, uh, but I know nothing about it. So you've stumped the tightwad. Oh, um, Open Audit. There's actually two open source um, inventory softwares I've used. Um, OCS Inventory. Tried that. Hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it when it's like version one, um, and then they went to this new NG version, and I didn't like it. Um, and I've landed on using something called Open Audit. Um, I'm trying to find it so I can refresh my. There you go. OpenAudit.org. Open-Audit.org. And once you get it up and going, it is. It just runs in the background. There is no clients to install. Um, it can inventory pull. Um, one of the things that I really like about it is it allows you to do licensing. So you can say I have thirty things of. 30 licenses of Microsoft Office, and it will tell you every computer that it's inventory that has Microsoft Office, and it will yell at you if you've gone over that. Okay, nice. Uh, um, you can sort by, you know, how much RAM it has. Um, you can add things in after the fact. Uh, but it's one of those things I pretty much set and forget. Um, and once a week, it'll look for any new computers and I'll, anytime I need to know, okay, which are the oldest computers in my school district, I will just run to it, sort it by which has the slowest processor and which has the slowest RAM and um, have at it. I just want to take a moment to point out that uh, so far every uh, tech geek we've had on the show has had a goatee. It doesn't mean anything, but... So I'd point that mm, out there. It's beginning neck beards. That's <laughs> <laughs> so I see you go. Oh, oh, so no, wait, you're a full beard there. I just couldn't see what the. Well, okay, there we go. Okay. Okay. I've had a goatee. Um, I just before Thanksgiving, I kind of got bored and switched it up. Um, I had this in college, <laughs> the little mini beard. 
and okay. went back to it. All right, enough of facial hair <laughs> weekly. Um, yeah, uh, we tend to agree with you completely. Uh, Spice works. Uh, when it works is great. Um, performance is an issue. Um, but we've, we've decided we're going to stick, stick it out and hope it gets better. Um, but, uh, the, uh, open dash audit, open audit is something I'll have to, uh, take a look at. Um, Bjorn, I'm, uh, I'm kind of curious if you've, uh, with Spiceworks, if you've, uh, played around with the new version, they just let 5.0 out of the, uh, out of the box and supposedly it's 50% faster. Uh, I'm wondering how they measure that, but, uh, if you've had a chance to play with that at all. No, I've been working with the Wi-Fi here, so I heard about it. I don't really have a computer. I didn't really have a spare computer, and the stuff I have seems to be working. So maybe I will take another look at it. But <laughs> all right, the question I have to ask everybody: How did you find the podcast? Fog. Fog. Yay! We love Fog. <laughs> you know that one interview there was like the best thing so far we could have done. Uh, everybody seems to come from from fog and and hopefully we're giving them some return back because it's a it's a great tool yeah i I like fog um I use clonezilla and fog um and I think I put it under the tips, but um there's a place called open one to one uh which is out of maine and it's all the people who said Mac isn't a good idea. let's do this in Linux. <laughs> Um, they actually came up with an imaging tool that's one little USB key. And you plug it in, and you either say you want to take an image or restore an image. Um, really easy to use. So Awesome, awesome. Well, we, we love it. We're, we're, uh, we're kind of cringing the day uh, when the day comes that, that they have a post up there about uh, being on our show and uh, when that post actually makes it to like the second page of the blog. <laughs> we'll just have them on again and, and get it right back <laughs> Yeah, we'll top. have to get a renewal there because, yeah, we get a quite a few refer- referrals from them. and They've got a, a great community and uh, uh, we've just been uh, benefiting from that. Uh, so, uh, now, uh, just a last couple of things, uh, want to hit up on, uh, one Bjorn. And if you don't know this about Bjorn, if, uh, if you're in our community, you probably do know this about him, but, uh, you're real big on training and creating, uh, training videos. And, uh, mm-hmm. you've done that for just the, the tech community at large, but also for, uh, your, your staff there at your school. Uh, talk about your Friday at five screencasts <laughs> and, uh, just, uh, in general, uh, what you do with that? Well, I got to give kudos. Friday at five is not mine. It's another Vermont educator by the name of Lucy, um, who used to put out uh, a Friday at five newsletter. Okay. Um, so I took and uh, learning at Lucy.com is a really great website. Um, and so I took that idea and said, um, I kept trying to find ways to get, provide professional development to my teachers. Uh, Cause they, well, Needless to say, I don't know a teacher who actually has spare time to learn. <laughs> right. Um, and we've done, and I've tried to get, they've, principals in the past have given me, well, we'll do it after school, and it's always been optional. And as much as the teachers have good intentions, they never really made it. And I did more just by going to the classrooms and helping them out individually. Uh, and with all the new technology, with Google Apps, Evernote, and all these other ones, I needed to find a way for them to really learn about this stuff, but kind of on their own time. So 
I went to screencasting. Uh, and I know of a, a few uh, web-based screencasting tools. And I usually bounce between the one that's um, working the best. Uh, I think Screen Toaster is my favorite at the moment, um, followed by uh, Screenomatic, and then the one with the big red button, which is Screen Castle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got, I got to tell you, cause you're, you were like this, uh, great resource for these, uh, web-based screen, uh, casting systems. And, uh, I, I've played around with some desktop ones that are, uh, you know, have a lot of features. But quite honestly, when you're really wanting to do something like this, and I imagine after you've done several of them, you probably get better at it over time, is you just mm-hmm. want to pull something up, hit record and go, right? Yep. Basically. Um, and I've done it for tech stuff too, where I've, you know, someone's asked me a question and I haven't been in the building. Uh, you know, how do I install the software? Where is it located? And, you know, I just took a screenshot and emailed it to them. They're like, what are you sending me this? And then about, they watched it about two or three times and they're like, this was much easier. Um, yeah. And you, it, you have a, you have a great one out there, uh, that you did on, uh, oh, Google, uh, Docs folders. Which, yep. you know, uh, the, the, we give Google Docs to the teachers and the first thing they want to know how to do is how do I create folders and, and put my classes work in these folders? Cause, uh, they're so used to rather than Google search system, they still want to stick to the old, uh, folder system. And, uh, Google has made that uh, available to them and you made a great video on that. Um, so I think if you don't mind, we may, uh, we may post a link to that. It was probably the best one I've seen. Yeah, well, it's in the forum, so yeah, go right ahead and post a link to it. And the first question somebody asks anytime they're introduced to something new is, "How do I make it look exactly like what is old?" Right, and, uh, <laughs> and we run into that with Google Apps a lot. They look at the mail; it's like, uh, "How do I get my folders?" Well, you don't really use folders; it's labeled. I want folders. Um, <laughs> how do I get rid of this conversation view? Well. We can turn that off, but really, you'll find it's. But no, I want it to look exactly like it did. So, anytime you're introduced to something new, you make it look as much like the old as possible. And yeah, then, and then and then once they've made it look exactly like Yahoo, they say, "Oh, I love Gmail." That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, okay, so so uh, definitely, and we'll have some links to uh, to these different tools that you have there. But okay, so you, you do that now. Let's talk about uh, what you're doing in in service, and uh, you you've got some. Uh, some big things coming up this next year within service and, uh, and your staff. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Um, I've been talking with my principal, and one of the things I asked him to do is if we could take just one in-service day, which we have, which I'm lucky. Um, MSJ does one in-service a month, which is a half day. So once a month, Friday afternoon, a half day becomes training. Um, and I've been lucky that last year the principal gave me a lot with uh, Google Apps, so I was able to have a lot of FaceTime with my teachers and that. Uh, but upcoming, I just wanted one just to research new methods or just to do research on replacements to their textbooks, you know, digital ways to do the same thing that they're already doing. Uh, and it goes back to I, one of the things I can't believe is one of the most important things to do is learn to change. And looking for what else is out there is one of those very important tools to do. So I'm coming up with some resources. Uh, It's on the tech page where I've been researching uh, digital textbooks and ebooks and other methods 
other than the standard paper-bound textbook. And with the one-to-one that with the students, we can actually put those in play. So I'm looking forward to that in-service. How, uh, how is it up there in Vermont, and especially with the private school, uh, as far as uh, do you have more options there as far as textbooks go? Uh, can you be a little bit more flexible as far as what you use? Um, I think right now the biggest drawback is there's not much out there. Uh, what I found, I think California is the one that's kind of leading the way. Uh, and on the tip of the week, it's one of the one, one of their California websites, um, has some really nice full digital, um, textbooks. I think it's ck12.org we're not there yet no no don't i don't oh oh, yes yes yeah we're getting ahead of ourselves you you seem to have forgotten how this works (laughs) i run the interviews here i decide (laughs) sorry um there's one other very important question before we get to the tips of the week and it's probably the most important question (laughs) of the show and so i i want to make sure we save the best for last what podcast do you like to listen to uh, actually, yours is the one that I listen to the most, um, and then I kind of put TED TV on the TED uh, Talks. Okay. Not TED Talks. No, Twit TV. All right. Or Twit Podcast, kind of on the background as a radio. Uh, it, but most of the time, I'm actually reading CNET. <laughs> okay. So you're not an avid podcast listener like uh, some of our other folks are? Uh, no, actually, you guys are the ones that got me hooked on the podcasting thing. Good so, answer. Good knows? answer. <laughs> the check will be in the mail tomorrow morning. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, before we actually get into the the tips of the week, uh, you know, uh, anything that you want us to to plug uh, for you? Uh, the one thing I'd like to plug is my website, um, askbj.net. Uh, right. It's a site that I started created in college. Uh, mostly the same way that basically because I was a tightwad in college too, started finding all these free applications out there and kept forgetting which ones I found. And so I created a website and just been building on it and, you know, 10 years in the making. It's now got educational resources. A lot of the applications that I know and use are on there. So. All right, so um, this is the part of the show where ordinarily we would do the the, uh, tech tip of the week and the teacher tip of the week, but um, no, we're going to be lazy this week, and it's going to all be the Bjorn tips of the week, uh, because once we the show notes started developing, we looked down there and thought, geez, we don't have to do anything this week. This guy's going to do it all. I'm loving um, it. So we're just going to sit back. I'm going to have a coffee here, and and, uh, you just go ahead with your Bjorn tips of the week. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Um, I think I've mentioned a couple of these throughout the interviews, so but I will highlight them. Uh, open Mesh, and I will get somebody on the phone for you. Uh, open One-to-One. I know in an early podcast of yours, you guys were mentioning about Linux schools. And my friends over in Maine, that state that has that contract with um, that, that evil fruit, <laughs> it was the uh, apple that was responsible for the fall of man wasn't yes it, <laughs> it was yeah um a group of them got together and says you know why am i paying 900 dollars a machine when there's these perfectly good 300 dollars netbooks out there that i could do the same thing with and 
Um, so, so they've been running Linux in their schools, and they created something called OpenOneToOne.org, uh, which is an image specific uh, Linux image. They created a imaging tool, um, and David Trask is the uh, one of the main founders of it. Um, there's several other ones in there. I actually know uh, David Trask. Well, not personally, but he and I have uh, uh, bounced in the same circles around the uh, K12 uh, Linux, K12OS.org uh, project. Uh, uh, he and I have had some interactions with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I yeah. wouldn't like see him at the store and go, hey, Dave, how's it going? But, but no, I, I know David. He's a, he's a good guy, and, and uh, anything he's a part of uh, I know is going to be high quality. Well, then I highly suggest you hit his, uh, come up to Foss Ed. The uh, conference in Maine, which is uh, usually at the end of June. Last year was at the beginning of July. That so there's might, an open invitation. Might be a little more than my $500 <laughs> travel budget could handle. I, I was just going to say it's yeah. nice that they is centrally located. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All the way up to Maine. Hey, but I'd, I'd love to. I've never been up to that part of the country, but uh, yeah. We we won't we won't be making that unfortunately, uh, uh, but great conference. That that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's probably just what a couple hour drive for you. Uh, it is, and every single year that I've gone up, I've jumped on my uh, motorcycle and done it. Oh, you just no, rubbed no. that in Mark's yeah, face. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Wait, get, get, Our get, listeners, grab it over there. Oh, oh the, the motorcycle. Yeah. yeah, hold on. Hold on. This is this is a, a for the for those of you watching the stream. Um, I asked my wife for a, a motorcycle for my birthday, and this is what I got. This is the motorcycle <laughs> that my wife bought me for my birthday. Thank you. Thank you for rubbing it in that you have a motorcycle and I don't. So I appreciate that. Uh, but does and yours? this one does wheelies. Does yours? Yeah. Ooh, um, I should not say. Yeah, <laughs> for insurance reasons, you will refuse to answer that question. Yes, it's a Triumph Sport bike, so I shall nice. not say, nice. nor will I say it's top speed. <laughs> <laughs> um, which actually, I can say another uh, tech tip of the week is um, on your home life, find a project that has nothing to do with computers. Uh, my father and I are actually restoring a Alfa Romeo Spider. Um, both a 78 and a 73. We're not sure which one is going to get restored. And it, we bought the project that has nothing to do with computers. <laughs> you know what I do that has nothing to do with my computers? I change diapers. That's, that's my oh, non-computer-related yeah. hobby. <laughs> um, last tech tip of the week is RC Logon. Uh, this is actually a program I wrote uh, for my kindergarten teacher so she could log on the entire lab um, from one place. And it had morphed into something that could also disable internet. Um, the only disadvantage is uh, I haven't been able to develop it, and it's not Windows 7 compatible. What language is it written in? Um, the actual interface, oh, I don't remember, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that. Uh, based, uh, uh, but the main thing that logged on the computers was a little EXE file that I've found it um, by some company that wrote scripts and they had this one script that would unlock a machine uh, that was uh, with a username and password via script and I asked them if they could modify it a little bit which they did and RC login all basically it is is runs a bunch of 
um, DOS scripts. Okay. One of our favorite tools, iTalk, does that. And uh, uh, but what it is missing is the ability to disable internet access. So I was thought maybe you could hook up with uh, uh, Tobias there and maybe uh, uh, add some uh, patch to his code. But if you don't even remember the language it was written in, I'm going to guess you don't remember how you executed that. <laughs> no, it was not. Um, well, actually, I did remember how to. If you actually check the forums in iTalk, I did post how to do it. Oh, okay. And got a response from them. Nice, nice. Um, so yes, I did submit that to Italc. Uh, at our school, we use something called Classroom Spy. Uh, it's a commercial product. It cost me like six hundred dollars for a site license. Okay, um, saved the installation issues that Italc has, where you have to install the client and make sure everything's working right. well. Yeah, copy over the the setup files, the XML, and all that. You know, but once yeah. you get a fog snap in, that's not a problem. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, um, well, Bjorn, Bjorn, I think we've abused you enough. Wait, 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 wait. We got no, teacher. Got the teacher. Yeah, the, oh, the, I'm the, sorry, the, the teacher. One, that was the, the tech tip of the week. I, yeah. That's not important. I don't ever worry about the teacher tip of the week. That's, <laughs> that's Mark <laughs> at the tightwadtech.com. Go ahead, teachers, send us your emails. <laughs> yeah. What is Bjorn's um, teacher tip of the week? Well, like I said, I was researching um, digital textbooks. And California is the one that seems to be leading the way. And they came up with something called this Flexbook. And if you go to ck12.org, um, they've created a group of digital textbooks. I'm looking here. We have engineering, math, science, technology um, are some of the main headings. And these are amazing, well-built, year-long textbooks. Um, that are free and digital. Uh, so you can go to the website, create your little book, um, and I'm going to be encouraging my teachers to be using this uh, probably at that next in-service. All right. That sounds like a great one. Uh, I know that California has been uh, sort of leading the way on that, and that makes sense. They're the, the most populous state in the country. Uh, they have more students than anyone else, so uh, they probably pay more for textbooks than anyone else. Well, yeah. and uh, I, I went and looked at this when you put this into the show notes, and I thought it was really cool because not only is it like, well, I like this textbook or I like th that textbook, you can literally – uh, they might have five different, uh, geography textbooks and you can pick chapters out of different ones that you like and kind of make your own textbook, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. It was, that was one of the more impressive things about it where talk about digital. And I know my teachers in school used to do that. They say, well, I'm not going to go straight page to page. I'm going to um, skip around the textbook. Uh, this not only lets you skip around the tech, um, the one textbook that you're in, but it allows you to skip around the other textbooks and share it with your te teachers. I haven't learned how to do that part of it yet, but it's there. Awesome. Man, Bjorn <laughs> okay. has just been like this font of knowledge. That's great. You, uh, We appreciate you being with us, and, and Bjorn, I'm going to confess to some... Um, uh, racial bias here, some, uh, some, uh, um, geographical bias. I, I was expecting to have a conversation with the Swedish chef. I'll be honest with it. With a name like Bjorn Barent, 
Um, I was I I was expecting a thick accent and a a very Norwegian um, uh, thing, and you come on and you're just this regular guy from Maine. And, and for, I'm going to be honest, I was no, a little disappointed. Uh, I'm sorry, Vermont. I'm, I'm going to be honest, I was a little disappointed. I was looking forward uh. to having the Swedish chef on, but uh, no, it was a uh, it was a lot of fun, and um, you're a, a fun guy to have around, and and very knowledgeable. And we didn't have to do a dang thing for this show, and for that, we thank you. That's right. Uh, you're welcome. Because Christmas is the day after tomorrow. That's right. We're <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> we're we're not in do anything mode right now. That's right. So. We are we are we're off. We're on vacation. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, uh, we're just going to wrap that up there. Bjorn, again, we thank you. If you're still listening, frankly, I don't know why you are, but thank you for listening. And uh, if you'd like to find out a little more about uh, what we do here week to week, um, you can visit us at our website at dtightwadtech.com. Uh, we have our uh, user community there. As, as Bjorn already mentioned, he's a, a contributor to our forums, and uh, we'll have the show notes for all of this uh, and um, all his uh, great links and um, things that he's spouting. Uh, uh, off here throughout the course of this uh, show. We'll have those all up there. Uh, so um, look for us there at uh, thetightwadtech.com. Or if you're a social media type person, we can be found at twitter.com slash thetightwadtech or facebook.com slash thetightwadtech. Is that it? Beautiful enunciation. Like everything in there? Yeah, that was it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, thanks for being with us, everybody. And on behalf of our guest, Bjorn Barrett, this is Mark signing off. And Sean signing off. <laughs>